This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Hello and welcome aboard the Paul Gallant Show on Tuesday, July 6th of 2021. I am Paul Gallant and this is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. I hope you guys had a wonderful 4th of July weekend. Hopefully it was extended Big thanks yesterday to Mike Lefko and Curtis Rogers, who stepped in for Danny and me in that morning spot. I know that is not exactly the most fun thing to do after hanging out on the 4th of July weekend. And also, I'm just thankful that we have y'all back. So again, hope that you had fun. Hope you had enough hot dogs, burgers, whatever you like to eat. I know we certainly had enough Mariners baseball. And man, was it a fun start to the weekend on Friday it's a four-and-a-half-hour game, but it's one of those four-and-a-half-hour games where you are just riveted the entire way through. The Mariners win that first game against the Texas Rangers, who aren't very good. Saturday, eh, not so well. At least my date went well, but on Saturday when I watched that game between the Mariners and the Rangers, I walked to go up to the uh, bleachers to go get a drink, and I come back down, and it was 4 nothing. And I was like, wait, what, what happened to Marco Gonzalez here? But then Sunday, they wrap things up. It's Chris Flexen on the hill doing what he has been doing a lot of this year. It's Shed Long hitting a home run. Luis Torrens hit a couple of home runs over the weekend. You have seen contributions up and down the lineup, up and down the rotation, in the bullpen as well, from all sorts of different characters. And it's exciting. Jerry DePoto talked about it on Friday at T-Mobile Park outside of Edgar's with Jake and Stacy. And it's happening while we are, you know, one of the youngest teams in baseball, I believe the second youngest team in the American League. And the names that we're talking about night after night, whether it is, you know, occasional contribution or night after night, like J.P. Crawford or every fifth or sixth day, like you say, Kikuchi, it's Chris Flexen, it is Jake Fraley, the, the, the guys who are contributing are 24, 26 years old. Tonight we'll see Logan Gilbert, who I think has been awesome for the last month. And, you know, he is a huge part of our future. And all of these guys that are contributing, they project to be a part of what we're doing moving forward. You wonder how many of these guys who are playing this well, though, will actually be able to keep this up. It's pretty difficult. There's one guy in particular I think we are all sure of. But tonight, the Mariners host the New York Yankees, a three-game set. Justice Sheffield, who has struggled a lot this season, is going to be on the hill against his old team to open things up. For the first time this year, the spotlight's actually on the Mariners, at least for this series. And I say that because generally... People aren't going to pay attention to the Mariners unless they're playing a big-name team like this, right? And the Yankees, a lot of people are focusing on them because their struggles this season are inexplicable. I mean, they don't think it's their manager. They just think the players aren't playing well. But they have been struggling. The Mariners actually have a better record than them at this point. All of baseball's cognoscenti, talking heads, etc., they will be keeping an eye on this series. So... I don't know if the Mariners are thinking about that at all. But this is going to be one of those series where they have to show that when everyone's focused on them and when they play at a 
ballpark that I imagine is going to have a lot of Bronx Bomber fans, are they going to be able to play at the same level that they have been for the last month? The last time that they played against one of baseball's, I guess, high-profile teams was against the San Diego Padres towards the end of May. The Padres roughed them up. But after that, that's when Scott Service and, and, and the team, they all sat down together. They had, a, they had a conversation. And since that conversation, whatever happened there, they have been really good. Can they do it against a team like New York? If they do, they're finally going to get some of that respect that I felt like on Friday they weren't getting. I can't believe they dropped in the power rankings. What a joke that was. 15-18 to 18 after winning two series against the Rays and the White Sox and then eventually taking two of three from the Toronto Blue Jays. I hated that. So I hope that they'll get to show that they have been one of the best stories in baseball this year over the next couple of games. I'm Paul Gallant. It's the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. J.P. Crawford officially arrived as a Seattle sports star on Friday night. Let's go back through it. So, he's at bat. It's the eighth inning. And the Mariners are in the midst of an inning where, after looking like they might not be able to win, the Texas Rangers kind of puke all over themselves in the field. The next thing you know, J.P. Crawford's at the plate in a high-leverage situation with the runner in scoring position in the eighth, and the game is tied. And the build-up to that at-bat was fantastic. Here's how it sounded. Go-ahead run, fairly fast runner, he's at second. They're chanting his name, J.P. Gotta love it. Baseball's back in Seattle, baby. Full house. I think Dave Sims put a perfect cap on that one. It really did feel like baseball is not just back in Seattle. It was relevant again. You know, it's one thing to have a full crowd, like it's opening night or something like that. Opening day in baseball. It's another thing to have that kind of atmosphere. It was electric. And J.P. Crawford, he's hearing all of these things. And after the game, he talks about how he never had a whole stadium chanting his name before. And he said... He couldn't. He was feeling numb at a certain point. I've never had the whole stadium chanting my name. Um, it was really cool. I really couldn't feel my body at the moment. Um, but yeah, they had the whole stadium chanting your name. Like you got to come through. You just got to come through. And thankfully, I mean, put a put a good swing on the pitch. He made a good pitch, and um, thankfully, he got through. He did come through. He put together, I think, one of the most beautiful ground balls the opposite way that you're ever going to see to score the go-ahead run. Of course, the game went to extra innings, and here's what that sounded like. Now the set by Patton, the 0-2 pitch. Crawford a swing and a ground ball through the open left side of the infield in the left field. Fraley being waved in from third by Manny. Throw to the plate. Fraley slides. He's safe. He went back to retouch home plate. The throw by the left fielder, Eli White, late to the plate. And the Mariners have the lead. Four to three here in the bottom of the eighth inning. J.P. Crawford rolls one through the open left side of the infield. And the Mariners lead it four to three. Holy smokes, what a ball game. Incredible. It really was. And then the next frame, I thought J.P. Crawford pulled off the old hidden ball trick because I looked down for a second. Next thing I know, it looked like 
all of a sudden, the Mariners had two outs. A runner in scoring position was wiped off the face of the earth. No, it was because the Mariners pulled off what was almost a successful pickoff attempt at second base, and J.P. Crawford just snuck in there. And I am so mad at myself for ever having doubted him. I didn't think he would turn into what we have seen out of him over the last couple of months. I don't know that anybody did. I don't think anybody thought that they were going to be chanting J.P. Crawford's name during a crunch time situation in the eighth inning. And if you do it once, you can only imagine that this is going to happen a couple of times the rest of the way. And it should. He, he has earned that. He has been the most fun part of this season thus far. And this includes a team that has Yusei Kikuchi and who's making the All-Star game for the first time and has also seen some other guys contribute that you weren't really expecting to. But he's been the best part of it. And I think that he has, at least for now, put himself in the Seattle Sports VIP Club. And my question to you, 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You can tweet me at Galan says as well. Who else is in that VIP club? We'll get to hear from you on that in a couple of minutes. Eight, excuse me, 10-15, your chance to be heard right now. It is 10-10. This hour of the Paul Galan Show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. You can listen to 710 ESPN Seattle on your 710 app, your smart speaker. You can watch it and see my giant eyebrows and pasty skin, 710sports.com slash video. But right now, it's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Kings Heating and Air with Maura Dooley. Good morning, afternoon, Maura Dooley. How are you now? Quite the sales pitch. Tune in for my pasty eyebrows, or my pasty skin and... yeah. What, big eyebrows? What did you say? I, I have even... I have large large eyebrows. <laughs> they make movement. My facial gesticulations I feel movement. like are second to none. Yeah, I mean I I feel like I feel pretty confident in my ability uh, to perform in front of a camera. That sounds weird. Didn't sound mean for that to sound weird. All I'm saying is I have cool facial expressions. So if you want to add a little bit to your the Paul Galan show or Danny and Galan experience, then you need to watch the video. It's the future. All right. Good sales pitch. I like it. I'm a company man. <laughs> uh, first up in trending, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reports that Richard Sherman may still be a possible signing for the Seahawks, but he thinks it depends on how the Jamal Adams deal works out. This is a player who got his way out of New York over his contract. The Seahawks at least know they're dealing with a hard bargainer, somebody who's willing to bet on himself. So watch out for some fireworks here. Let's stay with the DBs in Seattle, potentially Richard Sherman. I'm told that this is not off the table, that Sherman is still open to returning to the Legion of Boom or what remains of it. Uh, He makes a home on the West Coast, still has a home in Seattle. Most people think he'd like to still play on the West Coast. And so Seattle needs a cornerback help. Nothing's working right now, but maybe closer to training camp, something could shake out. Seattle needs to figure out the Adams money allocation before they take resources elsewhere. Because a guy like Sherman, you know, he's not going to take the minimum. This a high-caliber player that would need a decent contract. Every day we get closer to training camp, the more intrigued I am, slightly, by the idea of just putting Richard Sherman on the team. But the matter is, is he going to want to compete for a starting spot? Because honestly, I do think he has to compete for it. I think he would win it, but I do think he has to compete for that. And I wonder if that's something that he would want to do. I don't know who their number two corner is right now. I'm not even necessarily that sold on DJ Reed. Let's go back to the first part of what Jeremy Fowler said, though. Fireworks, potentially, in the Jamal Adams contract discussions. I get frustrated when I hear that. I feel like there is an assumption that because of the way things went in New York, 
that things are going to get hairy and ugly and messy the way that they did in New York between the Seahawks and Jamal Adams. And you know what? Behind closed door, maybe they do. The Seahawks do a pretty good job of keeping everything in-house. This Russell Wilson situation is probably the most recent example of where maybe it has spilled out into the streets. And I know we've seen it before with other guys, but definitely with Earl Thomas, maybe to an extent with Cam Chancellor, and maybe Russell Wilson's last contract extension. But I feel like they are good at keeping things from getting super messy. And I don't think things are going to get super messy with Jamal Adams. I think that they acknowledge that, yeah, while Jamal Adams is a safety and there's probably a a, a number that we don't want to go over, he was our best defensive player last year in 12 games. He is our most important defensive player going forward. And we are worse off without him. So the deal is going to get done, and I just don't think it is going to be so cantankerous, acrimonious, just because this isn't the Jets. Anyhow, we will wait. We will see. I am intrigued by the idea of Richard Sherman, though, every single day. More and more. All right, Aaron Rodgers talked to the Associated Press ahead of the match, which is airing on TNT today, and he described what his focus has been this offseason. I think for a long time, mental health has been only an okay topic to broach if you're talking about dealing with bouts of depression, suicide, like this is big issue topics, right, with mental health. It's been a weird stigma around it that I, I think there's been some athletes who've spoken out about uh, those things and, and gotten the support they deserve. But there's not a lot of conversation around just the idea of having a very positive mental state, mental health state. And I think there's a lot to it that I've learned that I've focused on in the offseason about how to take care of myself, not the total package, not just my physical self, the workouts, but my and my spiritual self with my own mindful practices, my mental health as well. I don't like that we throw mental health around as loosely as we seem to these days. And this is not me dismissing the idea that maybe Aaron Rodgers has issues that he deals with every single day, but Aaron Rodgers was talking about the experience of every single human on the face of the planet when he brings that up. Everyone, yeah, has their own battles with things in their head. Everyone to an extent. But some people have it to a much larger degree. And the way that he described it, it's one of those things that I think some people throw out because they want to be accepted a little bit more. So while I don't feel great about having this opinion of what Aaron Rodgers said there, that's how I feel. And I'm saying this as somebody who has issues with anger and as somebody who takes medication for depression and as someone who honestly has not talked to counseling nearly enough over the past couple of months because I would rather do it in person than over some sort of telecom. I don't like that everyone seems to believe that they are dealing with something these days. Some people really are, and I well, think... Well, to clarify, earlier in the interview, he did say, I haven't dealt with bouts of depression or anything like thank that. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Maura. Thanks for, thank you for clarifying, because I don't want to sound like a jerk here or anything like that. But you're bringing it up and like, wow, you're not happy with the Packers situation, a situation that's been pretty good the last two years. Oh, man. Woe is me. Like, there's this element of the way that he characterized mental health issues there and I just think it's too cavalier and look people have these things no doubt about it I do but 
when you speak about him like that, I suppose you normalize the discussion about it, but at the same time, I think you're making it seem a little bit less serious for people who actually have legitimate issues day to day. I'm Paul Gallant. That is What's Trending, brought to you by Kings Heating and Air. Big thanks to Maura Dooley for that. She does it every single day at 1010. 206-421-3776 is how you call in. You can text in to 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You can tweet me at Gallant Says. I think that J.P. Crawford has earned himself a spot in the VIP club of Seattle sports. First off, do you agree? Second off, who else is in it? Let's hear from you. Your voice, your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 1015 with Paul Gallant. Be heard. 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company tax line. Mr. Bill says, Paul, you have a face for radio. Some might argue that I would say I'm a hard seven. And I feel like a hard seven who can go on television is probably looking a lot better than some other people on television. That's just me. Am I a vain egomaniac in addition to being someone that deals with uh, mental issues? Yes, I am. 100%. But I'm self-aware at the very least. Face for radio is something that you will get from just about everybody who listens to the radio. Oh, you got a face for radio. It's, it's like the go-to layup joke that anyone can make. Why aren't you on TV, Paul? Well, it's because I can only talk for 30 seconds on TV and you can't actually say any opinions or anything like that. Anywho, let's move on to another text because no one cares about that. 710-710. We already got the poo-poo platter here on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Stop gushing over JP. Only half a season he is playing well. I want to see consistency year after year. My God, dude. Come on. All right. Fine. Friday's not enough for you. So you just want to wait two years from now? What sane Mariners fan wants to wait to prematurely call some somebody on this team anything? No one. Don't be that guy. What J.P. Crawford did on Friday was great. What he's been doing the last month was great. He has actually developed into a fan-favorite player in a way that I don't think you could even necessarily say about Kyle Lewis last year. It's different with him. There is this kind of everyman way with which he plays, his defense, his hustle, his speed, swag, everything about his game, I feel like is really easy to appreciate, not just for the baseball diehards, but for casual fans too. So yeah, he's in that club. It might be short-lived. We've seen short-lived appearances in the VIP club of certain sports towns. Well, his defense has been consistent. Always. You're right. He was telling, uh, I can't remember, I think he was on Wyman and Bob on Friday. He was telling them that he figured out something with the weight of his bat. I think he used Jacob Nottingham's at one point. Yeah. And uh, it worked really well for him. So, you know, maybe now that he's figured out that he said it's made a huge difference, maybe we'll see some more consistency. Obviously, we have for the last month or so, but maybe we'll see more of that moving forward. Great point, Maura. And and when he was on with us, too, I, I just think he's in a place where there's less stress. Philadelphia's a terrible place to play if you're if you're not delivering that town is vicious. And maybe there's a reason that success is so hard to come by in Philadelphia. I would not want to be an athlete in that city. I really wouldn't. It's it's a city that deeply and passionately cares, but honestly, sometimes they go over the top with said care. I would say, seriously, among all sports towns in this country, I think that they are by far the most passionate. I, I have no problem saying that. They're scary passionate. 
about some of the teams, and they're mean. So he moves to a different situation, and now he's had like a couple of years to settle in. And, and I mean, man, he's, he's really delivering consistently. You should expect that going forward. I do. 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Can we please retire the name Legion of Boom? They've been long gone. No. 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 That's never happening. Uh, text, you really hate DJ Reed, huh? I don't. I, you should have some questions about DJ Reed as cornerback. I mean, he played really well for half of a season, but what quarterbacks did they go up against? They did not go up against very many good quarterbacks. Text in 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Wow, Paul, you're making an incredibly grand assumption that you know anything that Aaron Rodgers is thinking or feeling. Weak take, bro. He said that he's not going through those same things that so many people go through, like literally earlier in that press conference. So it's a pretty safe assumption to make. Oh, it's so hard playing for the Green Bay Packers and having the adulation of your entire fan base who hates your ownership and is siding with you. So hard. 206-421-3776. Who else is in the club with one J.P. Crawford? You can text it in 710-710 on the Mac and Jacks Brewing Company. Text line, you can call in too, 206-421-3776. Let's go to Dion. Dion, what's going on? What up, Paul? What up? Doing well, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Had a good 4th of July. I hope you and all the listeners did as well, too. It was good. Um, a lot of hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, they, I'm more of a hamburger guy. but I am, too, I but I, I decided to go hot dogs. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to eat hot dogs the rest of the year, so I'm just going to have as many hot dogs as I can. <laughs> and not the hot as... dog eating competition, too, it was only right. I did not watch right. that, though, because that's gross. It's kind of <laughs> gross. Like, all that, like, uh, anyway. Anyway, what's your take, bud? <laughs> Um, so I didn't know if you were talking about, you know, current players or just overall, but I think some swept on uh, Mariner greats were like uh, Raul Ibanez, Mike Cameron, those type of guys. I, I, I mean, I've been a long-time Mariners fan, so those type of guys are in my Mariners greats. And uh, I think JP, is he's starting to build a career to be right along those same lines with those guys. He's got a long way, and Dion, appreciate the phone call. He's got a long way to go, I think, before he gets into that. But if we're talking about right now, like who's in the club, Maybe it's 10 o'clock on a, on a Friday or something like that. I think J.P. Crawford's in there. And I'm talking about current um, Seattle athletes right now. So in the case of the guys who have been there and done that for a long time, to that texter earlier who was the poo-poo uh, parade here, yeah, I, 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 I get that line of thinking. But right now, this is, I think, the most liked Seattle Mariner that we have had since Felix Hernandez. I, I don't think that's a stretch. Now, again, it's maybe not that big of a um it's not that hard of a of a, an accomplishment just given the way things have been over the last couple of years but when i see jp crawford i i see a guy that this fan base has really embraced and i think it's fantastic 710 710 the mac and jack's brewing company text line you can text in if you got a question for the Gras, who's going to join me next in the sports pit text it in Talk about who's in that VIP club for current Seattle athletes. Plus, I want some war stories of days past between the Mariners and Yankees. We'll talk about that, too. It's 1030, and that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're going to get your, you're going you're to fail. We'll all and joining me in the sports pit, thanks to our friends at Mac and Jack's Brewing Company, it is the one and only 
Dave Grosby. But before we get to the Gros, thanks to the Seattle Mariners, 7-10 day at T-Mobile Park is happening Saturday. That's July 10th. And your chance to score $7.10 tickets. What? In the center field bleacher seats. But first, we're giving you a chance to win some right now. The first caller, 206-421-3776 or 866-979-3776, will win four tickets to sit in the 710 section at this Saturday's game. Find tickets and more info about 710 Day at T-Mobile Park at 710sports.com slash events. Gross, what's going on, man? How about us? Aren't we something? Yes, we are. We are something. And how about the Mariners in the weekend that they put together? I know it's against the Texas Rangers, but Friday was about as much fun as I could remember seeing a baseball game in quite some time with the crowd, how packed it was, with the dramatics, with the theatrics, with Hector Santiago even making a little stand along the way. (laughs) It was a lot of fun, and it's great to see... J.P. Crawford all of a sudden being elevated into this kind of pantheon of Seattle athletes, at least today. He's, I think, clearly the fan favorite on this team, and he's delivering when it matters most. Well, I mean, he has had a little over a month now. Uh, It's been at least that long. He's been fielding just as well, but his bat has really gotten hot for the last month or so, and he's been absolutely everything you could want from from a star player. He's gotten clutch hits. He makes big plays in the field. He doesn't seem to make mistakes. He's got flair. He's got style. They're winning. It's all good. Uh, to be J.P. Crawford now would be, a, would be a very good thing. How about walking in those shoes, Paul? Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, and this guy, the way that he is playing, I feel like can continue. It has continued for quite some time. I'm curious as to what this series against the New York Yankees actually means for this team. And it makes me just go back and think about some of the old battles between the Mariners and Yankees back when the Mariners actually were mm. one of the best teams in baseball. And I know that you were here, you were here for all of those. And t- Let's go down memory lane. What's your favorite memory from some of those series? Oh, man. Well, the, the favorite memory for anyone who's been around long enough was uh, – was back in '95 in, in August, uh, I think the 24th, when when uh, Griffey hit a grand slam off John Wetland, which was actually the thing that triggered the entire avalanche of of things. The the, the obvious series against the against the Yankees um, in '95, the first wild card series was was absolutely fantastic. You know, unfortunately, postseason speaking, it, it, it didn't have happy endings after that point. In fact, right. Roger Clemens delivered a, a real brutal. Uh, brutal blow uh, in 2001 but but back then it was it was it was some very very special things and then you know when you had Pinella you know just in general playing the Yankees was was a big deal so uh th- you know I would say about this series Paul that that um I wouldn't read I, I want to read a lot into it if they win of course but if they lose remember the San Diego series and yeah. what did, what did that mean as we're sitting here talking today it didn't really mean anything so you know what? What it does mean is that this stretch right here determines what what the Mariners' year is going to be. Is it going to be a year of of continuing with the quote unquote plan, and um, you know looking to shop some of the veterans and and um, you know doing doing what you plan on doing and competing next year, or will this team led by J.P. Crawford, Shedlong, and others force management after a stretch where 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 they played well to, to make a decision? Look, let, let's imagine the trade deadline was in three days. Just sitting here talking, mm. they'd be three and a half out of the wild card spot with no one in between them and the wild card spot. So it's not like you're three and a half back, but you got to pass five teams. 
you're right there. You're the only team uh, that you, the next team you beat, you, you are in the wild card race. I mean, all of a sudden, you're not waiting around. You're adding. So this stretch of games here, getting with the Yankees, ending with the Astros. So it's, I mean, it's quite a difficult bookend. Uh, determines determines what happens to you know in the season in the next twenty games because that last Astro game I think is the twenty eighth and it, or twenty ninth gives you a couple of days before the deadline. That series and all those series that they have left, they have eight against the A's and Astros combined the rest of the way. Those are the ones that I'm looking at the most, and I'm wondering if that's going to see them eventually fall back to the rest of the pack. I know uh, right. when we had uh, Jerry Depoto on last, Graz, he talked about how pitching was a big need for this team, and at first I was a little surprised mm-hmm. just given how the, the hitting has been just not very good all season long, even if it has been a little bit better of late. So I assumed, okay, well, bats would probably be the priority. But the more I think about it, especially after seeing firsthand Marco Gonzalez in that performance on Saturday, I'm wondering if he's ever going to be able to get that stuff that he used to have back at least in 2021. So if they could find a way to get some sort of a long-term arm at the trade deadline, I think they should really think about it. And while I don't want them to trade Jared Kelnick or a Julio Rodriguez to get him, I do think that they should be a little bit more open to perhaps using their best prospects if there is someone like a Herman Marquez that's available. Depending on where they stand, if they, if they if they're like eight or nine games out, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. I, I would look. Marco is having an off year. There's no getting around that. But he has had a, a lot of very good things on on the other side of his resume. You know, it's you look at Kikuchi who, who's having a great year, but you know, in some people's minds, he's got to prove it because he's only been doing it for one year. Marco before this year had been really good. I would not be surprised. We've seen it so many times. Kyle Seager used to do it all the time and drive you crazy. Where guys say after the season is over, oh, by the way, I was pitching with a broken arm. Ow. I didn't want to say anything about it, but I didn't want to let people know about it. You know, I'm exaggerating just a little bit, but I mean, guys do that. So it strikes me, it feels, it feels to me that there's a simple explanation for what's going on with Marco Gonzalez. I'm almost willing to bet it's, it's some sort of injury that he's, that he's trying to, trying to, you know, keep down and, and not worry about. But that having been said, you know, I, I, I'm, I just am very excited that they would be in that position. They could be in that position in just a couple of weeks to like really think, you know what? We've got to, we've got to make a move for, for a guy like that. Now he is going to be highly sought after and you're going to have a lot of teams willing to part with a whole lot. So the Mariners will have to, you know, we talked about this stretch of games and you, you mentioned all the series left with the A's and, and the Astros. I think it's the last seven games of this stretch are against those two teams. You go five and two against them and show that you're really, you're really for real. Then I, I hope the Mariners will throw down and, and do what they can do to, you know, to add and, and be competitive because you don't want to let, as they know better than anyone, having had the longest drought, you do not want to let years like this get away because the future tomorrow is promised to no one. So if you've got a great chance, you know, you've got to take advantage of it and, and hopefully in the next three or four weeks they give themselves that. At the Graz on Twitter, Graz, you tweeted out before you jumped aboard, remembering many trips to Yankee Stadium as a youth. Mm. I'm curious as to how do you best handle a Yankees fan, say you're going to T-Mobile Park the next couple of days. I know you're going to get the 27 rings if you give any good-natured ribbing because they're largely uncreative types. But, hey, uh, how, how do you handle a New York Yankee fan in person? Well, it depends on the individual, but in, but in <laughs> but in my case, my advantage. You know, you want to go with your secret power and your advantage, and and it's different for everyone. But in my case, I had kind of a loud voice, and I was pretty much able to shout down anyone, and did, 
and I would heckle in, 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 at the games and, and, you know, heckle loudly, and I would get guys to look at me, and I'd be, yeah, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. You're nothing. I remember, uh, actually, Doc Ellis. Remember him? Yeah. Remember that name, perhaps? Doc yes. Ellis uh, almost coming into the stands to chase me after uh, screaming at him, just screaming at him, you know, about, you know, you do drugs and you don't, you don't <laughs> belong in a baseball uniform, and, and Yankee fans just looking at me, and normally it wouldn't be something you do at Yankee Stadium. But I was so loud and so, you know, looking so out of control. It's like, you know, it's, I think I could give this guy a wide berth. So, <laughs> so you, you know, use your superpower. Use it wisely. Don't go too far. No one wants to get arrested. No one wants to get any fights or anything like that. But, um, you know, use what you have and use it wisely. And, and it, it's nothing, nothing beats, as many have said over the years, and many will continue to say, nothing beats beating the Yankees. Nope, nothing at all. That's why they... Made a musical about it, those damn Yankees, back in the day. <laughs> that they did. He is the great and powerful Graz. He'll be back with me on Thursday. Graz, thanks so much for stopping by. You got it, Paul. That is the Graz, everybody. All right, up next on the Paul Gallant Show, we will wrap this thing up, continuing to talk about, hey, who are the athletes in Seattle that are in the current VIP club? J.P. Crawford, I think, has broken his way in. But who else needs to be in it? I know there's going to be a lot of Seahawks, and I know we've gotten a couple of Seattle Storm members as well. Who's in? Who's out? We'll discuss that next. And some more do's and don'ts for this series against the New York Yankees. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. The most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. 710-710's the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Tweet in as well, at Galant says. Some texts about Marco Gonzalez. Just talked about him with the Graz. And that was a frustrating outing on Saturday. I did try to help the Mariners out, by the way. And I might have to go back in time and watch the Mariners broadcast. I was sitting very close and I was making obnoxious noises to try to get under the skin of certain pitchers and then eventually certain batters. But Marco Gonzalez writes this texter is not that good. He is 10 games over 500 for his career with a 4.25 ERA. He has never had ace type stuff. He's the biggest weakness left along with Justice Sheffield in the starting rotation. The regression from that amazing 16 and 13 season is expected and it's time we stop talking about he is a grinder, et cetera, et cetera. He is a league average pitcher on a team without an ace. I don't disagree with a lot of that. I don't know that he'll ever get back to what he used to be. He reminds me an awful lot of Dallas Keuchel. For those who don't know, Dallas Keuchel did win the Cy Young in Houston. Keuchel's stuff was never dominant, and his velocity was never very high. He was a guy that consistently pitched well because of his command of the strike zone. And then when he started to lose a little bit of velocity, all of a sudden he was getting yacked. And when that happened, I started wondering if he was ever going to be able to recapture it. To his credit, I mean, he's still in the league and he's pitching in Chicago now. But you saw him get yacked a couple of times by the Mariners not too long ago. And I think Marco Gonzalez is, is, is a lesser version of Dallas Keuchel. We'll see if he's able to get it back on track. I, I have doubts, and I mean, I mean that's – now that I, – I, I have accepted the fact that I think that you're not going to get a much better Marco Gonzalez the rest of this year. And also, I think there are some excuses here, too. I, I know that for some people it's unacceptable to bring up the idea like, oh, well, he just had a kid. He just had a kid. 
There is an adjustment period, I think, for any first-time parent as far as sleep cycles, routine, all sorts of different things. So I'll give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, but something's up, and it is concerning. 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You can't actually be putting the Cy Young and Marco in the same sentence. No, I'm putting Marco Gonzalez and Dallas Keuchel in the same sentence. They, they pitch very similarly. Another text. What stops the Mariners from calling Yusei Kikuchi an ace or our ace? You know what? I'm glad somebody brought up Yusei Kikuchi because I have not given him nearly enough attention today. Yusei Kikuchi made it as the lone Seattle Mariners all-star. And much like J.P. Crawford, he this year has developed into an incredibly reliable and consistent pitcher I think at the very least he is your stopper where I think if you have a couple of bad starts in a row in your starting rotation I think that you are going to get a good performance out of you get Yusei Kikuchi he is going to give you six to seven every single time he is out there sometimes he is going to be so electric he is going to make hitters look foolish and that is venturing into ace territory. He has made their decision about his option this offseason incredibly easy. If they don't pick it up, they're making a huge mistake. Huge mistake. He's been great this year, and I'm glad that he's finally been able to put it all together. And much like J.P. Crawford on Friday was getting J.P. J.P. chance, it is time to start giving Yusei Kikuchi the same treatment that you would give anybody who has an ooh noise in their name. When that person comes out there, you go, ooh, everyone does it. I know growing up, Drew Bledsoe got that same treatment. Teddy Bruschi got that treatment. Those are, those are just guys in New England. I'm sure there are others that you can think of that deserve that same approach. Ooh, give you say his ooze, darn it. 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Who's else, who else is in the Seattle Athletes VIP Club? I put together my own list. And we'll get to some of yours in just a moment. Seven ten, seven ten. Russell Wilson, obviously, he's number one. I think Sue Bird's number two, but I think you could make a case that Sue Bird's number one because she's won more titles. DK Metcalf, because he's got that star power as a non-quarterback that's I think really difficult to attain in the NFL. Bobby Wagner, Tyler Lockett, Brianna Stewart, Jamal Adams, J.P. Crawford. I think Yusei Kikuchi is close. Honestly, though, with the way that J.P. Crawford has played this year, I'm going to change what I put up online. I'm going to put Yusei Kikuchi in. Kyle Seeger you could put in there just because he's been here for a really long period of time, but I do think that he is very different from those other people that I listed. For the Seattle Sounders, I honestly don't know. I, I, I would have put Jordan Morris in, but he's in Swansea, although I guess that got canceled because he tore his ACL. So, How about the Sounders, by the way? This is your obligatory soccer 10 seconds. The unbeaten streak continues. Huzzah! I would watch more if more teams could challenge them. It's actually a, a high compliment that I paid to the Seattle Sounders. So how about that, soccer Twitter? I didn't say anything that I don't know about, but at the same time, I just glossed over the topic and moved right back on into talking about other sports. 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Your list is not complete without Megan Rapino. World class speaks for itself. That is, that is a fair point. That is a fair point. But I do like to talk about it from a perspective of not national sports. I like to talk about it from the perspective of local athletes who are playing here every single night, every single day. 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Text line. J.P. Crawford is a keeper. If allowed to be, his longevity will rival 
Edgar Martinez. Whoa, that is worth keeping alone. I don't know if I go that far. That's a little bit of cart ahead of the horse, but you know what? I like that kind of optimism going into tonight's game. Sue Bird's on top of the VIP, and it's not close. Pete Carroll writes another text. Well, he's not a player. I don't know. I don't know that you can put Pete Carroll in, but Pete Carroll, as far as coaches and celebrity, he's definitely up there. So I can understand that argument. Anyway, you can keep that conversation going. 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Maybe Jake and Stacy will pick it up and run with it. In the meantime, big thanks to the Graz, who stopped by earlier in the sports pit. Big thanks to Maura Dooley. Big thanks to our caller, Dion. I am merely Paul Gallant. So long. Farewell. You will hear me tomorrow at 7.